Welcome to the Tech Hustler podcast. This podcast is for you if you want to hear the unfiltered stories from inspiring tech entrepreneurs. I started this podcast and the community to create what I was missing in the tech industry today. My mission is to make space for women in tech by creating a platform where they can connect, get inspired and gain new knowledge that will help them to accomplish whatever they are dreaming of. It doesn't matter if you're a tech founder, an employee, or dreaming of launching a startup, this podcast is for you. My name is Ivana von Proschwitz, and I'll be your host. It's time to start hustling smarter, not harder. Hello, tech hustlers, and welcome to today's episode. So this episode is going to be a little bit different because it was actually recorded during the release party for the podcast that I had in September. I had such a cool group of female tech founders, investors, gathering, celebrating with me, sharing different perspectives, having different interesting discussions. And I thought that during that event, I wanted to share that with you. So I actually recorded uh, four different interviews live, unscripted, unprepared, with different topics and different perspectives. So I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so we are live with the Tech Hustler podcast and we are sending this from the release party. So my first guest is here. Uh, please introduce yourself as well. And what is your mission? My name is Beatrice. I am one of the two co-founders in uh, for the audio erotic and romantic app called Blanche Stories. Yeah, and you are on a super mission to um, to what? What what are you on the mission on? Well. If- Ground mission would be uh, neutralizing uh, female pleasure mm. or making it, taking it out uh, into the open. Yeah, and that's very important. It is, yes. So can you tell us your story uh, in super speed? Like, <laughs> just give us some highlights. What has been like your struggles, your learnings uh, so far? Um, learnings is that female pleasure will be, uh, well, still is uh, very in the dark. Um, We are working very hard on bringing it out into the light. Um, And with that, um, having other female entrepreneurs actually following our lead and uh, joining us on our mission. Mm. We're quite a few but we could be more mm. and there could be more uh, female investors as well. Yes, and I totally agree to that. Yeah. And I know that you have been raising money lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what has been your experience from that? So we closed around um, in the beginning of 2022 or 2022. Um, and uh, we're lucky enough to get uh, close at what our uh, goal was at 10 million uh, Swedish kroner. Mm. Um, first of all, it took much longer than we thought. It wasn't uh, what we've heard after. It wasn't that long of a round, but for us, it was long. We thought we were going to do it in a month. We did it in three, almost four. Mm. Um, 
we thought we would be more supported by. We have some really great female investors, so I don't want to put anybody out there, but uh, we thought we would have more support and more money coming in from female investors, which uh, we ended up not having. Mm. But the ones that supported us were absolutely amazing. So. Mm. And do you have any male support uh, investors as well? Yeah, yeah, many. Yeah. Yeah, well, and many, a few. A yes. few. Yeah, yeah, you have both. <laughs> yeah. But do you see any difference in how men are investing versus uh, women? Um, yeah, men. I mean, men ask a lot of questions, as do women. Uh, but men are higher risk takers, so they'll go big or go home, whereas females will uh, be a little bit more careful and join the round on a lower level. Mm. And why do you think it's it's that, like that? I think I, I mean the ground the, the 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 ground principle being that females are just more careful. Mm. Um, but being an investor, you would think that they would be willing to take risks. Yeah. Um, But do you have uh, angel, mostly angel investors, or yeah. is it VCs? Because I no, guess it's an- different. No, angel, inv- yeah. uh, angel investors. Yeah. So this round w- was angel investors. Some of them went in with bigger amounts, and some with small. Yeah. Uh, our goal was to have to put like a minimum and a maximum, and then we realized while doing it that maximum was hard because some of them wanted to go all in, and then minimum was also hard because then we kind of excluded people that wanted to join us on the journey anyway Mm -hmm. so we um, opened up for smaller investors so that they could be part of the journey but quite a few of them not not too many um, because also we don't want too many uh, investors or owners in the company it's too Mm. too too many to answer to Mm. so Mm. But then, do you think that women have to, like need to make more money to be more willing to invest? I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or 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 being comfortable in using the money that they have and and investing them in mm. something they believe in. Um, I, I think that's that's the whole what's standing between fee, uh, women and and actually investing is that you get to. You hold back a lot, mm. and you don't want to go all in, or you 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 t- t- put too much mind into it instead mm. of, instead of taking a chance. Mm. Um, yeah, but do you think that that is because women are less um, like likely to take a risk, or because they have they have less money to to invest? Both. Yeah, I think. both. Yeah. and and maybe also like they are. Um, maybe also um, like screened in a different way mm-hmm. that yeah. they 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 yeah they they can't afford to take bigger risks. I think it depends on what what woman you talk to, yeah, and yeah, who, who you're in contact with. Um, I just I, because I think we're brought up in a different way and how to handle money and how mm. to think about it when it comes to how you use your money. It just becomes something different. Yeah. And then it's hat off to the few fe- women, I keep calling them females, but a few women out there that actually go all in and do it because that's impressive. And, and more people um, 
women should should follow their lead because yeah. there's nothing to lose. No. Yeah, and hope well, that money, but money, I mean, yeah. But you can also win. In yeah, exactly. This early. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's a gamble. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we have a lot to do uh, yeah, in this sure. field. Yeah. yeah. And what is like your big vision? Oh, big vision. <laughs> <laughs> no. We need to normalize the fact that women have just as much pleasure, need for pleasure and lust and whatever that entails as men do. And it's not equalized and it's a long way coming and, and far way to go. But um, we need our own stage to stand on when it comes to owning our bodies and and being comfortable and what we what turns on turns us on and not so mm. yeah mm. yeah and i think that's uh, that's a very important mission that mm. you are on and yeah. i wish you all the luck and i'll be Thank following you. you and your journey with high interest and i hope to have you as a guest in a future episode we would love to come and guest your podcast for yeah. sure. Thank you for I'll being... I'll bring Lisa the next time. <laughs> yes, yes, the other co-founder. Yes. You're so welcome and thank you for being here and celebrating with me. Thank you, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> My next guest is here. It's the amazing Per Sheng. Uh, please uh, pitch yourself and tell us uh, what you do. So my name is Persheng. I founded an e-commerce called Baibano together with my sister where we design and sell work bags for women. It's a product that I missed myself when I started to work. And that's what we do right now. Yes. And how, um, so you are using social media a lot to build your brand. So tell us a little bit more about that strategy. Yeah. So our core social media channels right now is Instagram and TikTok. And uh, TikTok has been a huge focus right now organically. I think we post like three videos a day because we have seen the potential with TikTok. It's a new, relatively new channel. You can grow faster, get more reach. And uh, also like people say that, okay, it's a lot of young people that are on TikTok, but I see it more long-term, like, but in a few years they will be our target group and our customers. So that's why we start with that right now to build our brand, get our reach. And we've actually gotten a lot of conversions from TikTok organically. So that's cool. Yeah. And you like uh, go and check out their TikTok because you are so clever in your TikTok uh, videos. Thank you so much. It's like in the beginning, it was so embarrassing because I'm a millennial. I think I haven't grown up with TikTok at, at all because it's new, obviously. But I mean, my generation are more like used to um, still photos and not videos. So in the beginning, I thought it was super cringe, like what am I doing? But now I think it's very fun and I love to consume TikTok to watch other videos and I learn a lot by doing that. And I think that if you want to succeed on TikTok, you also need to spend time on TikTok and watch what others are doing. I'm not I'm not saying you should do as others are doing, but more get inspiration, get some ideas of what you can do. So I think it's the most fun channel right now. I, I also love Instagram, of course, but I think TikTok is more fun. Yeah. And what is your best advice for other brands that want to build their followers or sell through social media? I think that you should of course, you should start and you should be long term. So not giving up more be like it's a balance between being like in a way 
posting a lot, which everyone is saying that you should do, but also having a strategy. So you test different things. So on TikTok, now it's a bit harder to grow compared to one year ago or two years ago, but it's still much, it's it's still easier than on Instagram, for example. So you should find, you should try different messaging. So for example, in our company, the videos that have gone most viral are the ones that where we say, okay, we show a picture or a video of an ugly bag, ugly, ugly work bag, saying this was our problem and this is our solution. Then we show them a picture of our bag. And that's something you can relate to and something that's very core. And you can, for example, do something educational or something relatable. So you should always try different angles. And when you've found your angle, you should continue on that. Mm, that's very smart. And I like what you're saying, like try different messaging because it, I have tried it and it's tough. <laughs> like, it's yeah, hard. it's tough. And that's like the other part of the advice to continue to try, mm. not to give up. I think I heard some someone said on TikTok like, okay, you should post three times a day and do it for 100 days. And it seems a lot and it's like, oh, this takes so much time. But it's also like you just need to start somewhere and not be a perfectionist about it. It's like it's not it's not a problem at all that our, your videos are crappy in the beginning because you need to learn and after a while you will become a pro at it and just it will it will it won't take as much time to make a TikTok later than it may take in the beginning but you shouldn't you should like keep up all of that behind that you need to make it perfect because TikTok is not for perfectionists at all. No, uh, and if if you would have to choose between Instagram and TikTok, which platform would you choose to focus on? That's a very difficult question because I think Instagram is still important because it's more like a what is it now? Now TikTok has started with DMs and stuff, but I think Instagram is more like a community builder compared to TikTok because the core difference is when you post something on TikTok, it spreads out to people that you that don't follow you a lot. Mm. So you have a lot of reach. Mm. But at Instagram, you your reach is basically the people who follows you yeah. most of the times. So, and if I'm gonna be frank, like our target group are more on Instagram than on TikTok. I can't... Sh- Can do I need to answer that question or <laughs> no? But I I think like if I can say maybe do more ads on Instagram maybe and then do more organically on TikTok that would be my answer. But I can't select one platform. I think the platforms have their own purpose. Okay, okay, perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here and celebrating my launch of the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. Thank Good you. job. So oh, my next guest is Michaela Are. Uh, please introduce yourself. Yay! I'm so happy to be a guest on your podcast. For Yay. One. I'm like, yes, tech hustler. Okay, so I am a career counselor, gone entrepreneur, and I'm also an NFT creator and community builder. So I think that's what we're going to talk about. Yes, please. Yeah, that's a very interesting topic. Mm. Uh, so please tell us what is this all about and what what's the hype? What's the hype? Uh, the first thing is like, why should you buy a digital picture? What can you do with it? And why do we have this not so good looking apes that's going for like millions of dollars? Exactly. Well, picture this. An NFT is like a wristband for a festival. You're going to a festival, music festival, and... 
you get the band and when you have it around your wrist, you get access to a lot of things like drinks, merch, the concerts. And that is an NFT. It's a digital verification of ownership. So why did like those, <laughs> those monkeys or apes become super famous? Well, a lot of celebrities started buying them. And then they had these private parties. And of course, you want to own an NFT that Justin Bieber owns as well. Of course. Of course. So, but it's also interesting because, because it's a digital certification of ownership, it's yours. And we have a thing called, on the blockchain, a ledger. So every transaction, every crypto transaction, every NFT is registered. So if I knew your digital wallet address, I could see, okay, so Ivana owns this and this and this. I couldn't be able to like claim that I own it. So that's interesting for the future as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a little bit like art, Yeah. right? Yeah. So you can also, it, that's an art piece that you own. Yes. You can also print it on your t-shirt or a mm-hmm. mug or a bag or whatever. Like yeah. it's your your picture or your artwork. Yes. So you could put it in like a frame, for example, and like, oh, here's my digital artwork or like you say, print it out. But the thing is also, I mean, I started as a collector like one and a half years ago. So I've invested in some projects and then I started illustrating my own NFTs. Mm -hmm. So when you are part of my community, Rebel Wonderland, you get a specific NFT and there's only a certain amount. So... The OGs that's with me right now, they will get the first edition and then it's the second edition and then it can go on and on. So it's also like a collectible. Mm. And and how, like, what is the process of creating your own NFT collection? I mean, it's quite easy to be, to be honest. So I would say everyone can do it if they want to. Um, when we look at those big NFT projects, they have like this whole technical background of minting which is like when you create an nft but if you go to opensea.io which is like the big marketplace for nfts you can actually (laughs) press the button that says create and then you can upload it's an mp3 or a movie file or an illustration Mm -hmm. so You could, for instance, I create my NFTs in Procreate with my iPad, so I sketch them out. And then I transfer them to OpenSea, like write the description, and then it's done. Mm. Then it's created. And then people can buy it. Yes. Yeah. So when you upload it to OpenSea, that is that then the tech that's handled? Like the verification number, the uniqueness... Yeah. And that's the marketplace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so people can buy it. And you buy it in Ethereum? Yes. Yeah. And the interesting thing about, because Ethereum is a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and a lot of others. The interesting part is since yesterday, they have shifted the way they uh, process that currency. So they have reduced their environmental impact with like, don't quote me on this, but like more than 90%. Mm which is like a big thing because a lot of the critique towards NFTs and crypto is it's bad for the environment. Mm. So stuff is happening. Yeah. And where do you see, 
okay, let's cover um, a wallet first. Yes. Like if I have a collection, where, where do I keep my digital yes. art pieces? So you have a digital wallet, which is an app or an extension to your browser on your computer. And the most common one is called MetaMask that most people have. So it's fairly easy, easy to download it. And then you get a security phrase that you have to store somewhere. Mm-hmm. Don't lose it. Mm-hmm. It's like stronger than your password, so don't lose it. And, and you're supposed to store it like physical. Yes. Don't keep it digital because no. then someone can hack your wallet. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the thing that's happening when you create the wallet is that you have a public address. So mm-hmm. just as you have an email address or maybe a domain that is an address that anyone can like reach you on. Mm-hmm. This is the same for a digital wallet. You get a long line of digits and numbers and stuff like that. Mm. And then you can collect everything and you, then you also connect your credit card or your Ethereum or your currencies. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> How long do you have? <laughs> okay, so you can, um, you can buy crypto in MetaMask through Apple Pay or a bank transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, then I'm talking about Ethereum, which is like the big coin series in MetaMask. And you store your NFTs there as well. So it's both, I mean, it's very sim- similar to like your credit card or your bank account. It's just that it's called a, a digital wallet, basically. Mm-hmm. Cool. And what is the future of NFTs? What, what do you think? Ooh. Ooh. This is so interesting because the thing that's happened in the NFT world for like a couple of months is like a big, big dip or more like a drop. It's not a dip. It's like, yeah. So you mean now with the recession and uh, yeah, everything that's happening the in the world or no? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe that, that's too long topic to cover in this session. Okay, super fast. Uh, <laughs> the thing that happened was that a cryptocurrency that people talked about a lot, like the safe cryptocurrency that people put their like savings and funds in that they wanted to keep safe was called Luna. And the thing is not getting too technical, but this spring Luna crashed. Mm -hmm. And when Luna crashed, it affected other cryptocurrencies. And of course, like the the climate in the world, what's happening like politically, economically, all of that impacted crypto. Mm. And since crypto and NFTs live in the same world, it also impacted like the value on NFT projects. And a lot of projects went downhill (laughs) very fast. But I think that the ones that are here now and that have a really strong team, a really strong roadmap, which is like the uh, strategy for the project, the vision, if they have that and they have a strong community, they will last. Mm. And I see it as the thing we're stepping into now, Web3, which is all about building community, which is all about uh, being more authentic, transparent, not relying on like only a few big corporations and stuff like that. That is very interesting. And I think the more we can co-create together that NFTs and crypto and all of that lives in that world. Mm. So it's very philosophical, but, but it's also, I think it's a cool time to 
to be curious about these kind of things and read more about it mm. for yourself. Definitely. Yeah. But would you say that it's a little bit like the stock market that it goes down and up? Is it a good time to buy now when it's crashed? Or <laughs> <laughs> no financial advice. No, 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 no financial, <laughs> but just like speculations, free speculations. Yeah. I think... Uh, The psychology behind crypto is very similar to those of the stock market. Mm-hmm. And when the dip comes, you get like the bargains. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also much more volatile. So it's super, the risk is higher. Like the if you look at Ethereum, for instance, it can shift the value. It can shift so many times a day. So mm-hmm. you have to do your own research and look at like big exchanges like Coinbase for instance mm. they have like um, preliminary prognosis and stuff like that so mm. you can look into it mm. but, yeah. and and as a collector like what do you look at when you are buying NFTs like do you have any criteria or yeah so when I started in the spring of 2021 I didn't know much about it and I was kind of like okay so this kind of money I'm, I can afford to lose them. <laughs> I'm just playing with this kind of money, mm. basically. So I was looking at the art. I was looking at, is there any demand for this kind of art? Do people seem to like it? Do I like it personally? Would I put it on my wall? And then look at what are their plans on the roadmap and the team. And I'm much more, like now, one and a half years later, I'm much more vigilant when looking at team than I was before because then I would be like oh that's such a nice art piece I want it and then got a bit carried away mm-hmm. and those projects are not rising to the top right now <laughs> but <laughs> okay. I still have them in my wallet so, yeah. yeah but at least you like them I hope yes I like them that's I good uh, and can could you uh, mention a few that you like like projects that you are interested yeah. in yeah uh, so right now the biggest one that I'm very interested to see what happens with is um, the Swedish project World of Alidia. Yes. Started by an influencer and entrepreneur Vanja Wikström and her partner Niklas. And they are really paving new ground here. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that they are very like... A Swedish project is very unheard of mm-hmm. uh, in the space. And I think that they have, in a short amount of time, built a really strong community around their art. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious to see what happens there. And, and when you buy their NFTs, you also get a membership of the, yes. that community. Yes, exactly. I own one NFT and it's from World of Alidia. Yeah, then yeah. they're a member as well. Yes, they have these beautiful mermaids and mm. beautiful... Yes. Um, The yeah. mermaids are my favorite. Yeah, mine too. Like, hu- I think it's human elves, mermaids and mermans or yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah. So that's an interesting collection with an interesting vision. And also I like, maybe not comes as a big surprise, those know me, but a project called Rebel Society, which is all about like, lifting up the rebel inside and they have super cool art so i'm like a very <laughs> fangirling over the art mm-hmm. and i also like um, i mean i have a lot of not your bros is a very interesting project as well women-led so there's a lot of new projects emerging like every week every month and when you look at which ones to buy maybe start at looking at open seas 
lists, the statistics of which projects are doing well um, and what you like, like art-wise. Look for that and don't put in money you can't risk, risk lose, afford to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So. Yeah. Very nice. Very good. Thank you so much. This was really short but Jam sweet. Packed. <laughs> Crash course in yes. NFTs. Yes. Yeah. But I would like to have you have you come back and we can talk more about yes. this topic. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, so now I have two more exciting guests. I have Elena Kell and Silvia uh, Scaretta. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, please, can you uh, present yourself or pitch yourself and what you do? Should I start? Go for yes, it. Yes, I can start. So I'm Elena Kell and I work in a super niche space that now I understand I share with Sylvia as well. Um, responsible AI, um, basically making sure that um, everything we do within a company with AI, we do it in a responsible way. And uh, my background is in sociology and um, globalization studies and sustainability, so super weird mix. But um, yeah, I've kind of drifted towards AI for a couple of years back and been there since then. Yeah, I would say super exciting mix. Mm -hmm. And Silvia? Yes, so I'm Silvia Carretta, originally from Italy, been in Sweden for a while. And uh, I'm uh, a lawyer by training, founder of my own firm called IPN Tech Lab. And I think it's a bit of a giveaway of my two passions, intellectual property and technology. And uh, at the same time, I'm a, a PhD candidate at Uppsala University doing a, a research on the accountability of artificial intelligence from a f legal perspective. And I'm very thankful for Elena to bring me on board to the uh, Women in AI Network here in Sweden. Yes. And um, that uh, was a way for me to kind of bring together the two sides of my souls, I guess. You know, the AI and the law. Uh, the woman and the uh, different cultures, multidisciplinary, multicultural. So, yeah, that's yeah, me that's very briefly. Super exciting. Uh, and Elena, you were the one to start the chapter here in We Are All uh, Part of um, Women in AI Network. Uh, and we have had also other uh, colleagues from the team here celebrating. Uh, I'm so grateful for all of you. But Elena, you, you opened or brought the Women in AI community here in Sweden. So tell us more about that. Yes. And I mean, that was a quite a funny story because... I literally started with Googling women and AI in my Google search uh, because I was, it was 2017, 2018. Um, I started seeing uh, um, very sort of disturbing examples of how women are excluded from the tech development and what it leads to. And uh, the sociologist in me back then woke up, you know, and like, wow, this is very interesting. And I wanted to know more. I wanted to connect with more women uh, from the space. And I couldn't find any. So there were none in my network. There were none, you know, that I knew about. So I just like opened the browser. I googled women and AI. And uh, I, um, yeah, I found this uh, community that was started in France. And I contacted the founders and asked if there is chapter in Sweden. And it wasn't any. So I got their blessing to start one. So yes. that's how I started. I literally just wanted to find more people interested in this and more people interested in bringing more, more women into the space because I saw that what the consequences could be when we're not part of this. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, and we have seen a lot of consequences and negative consequences when we don't have diverse team or, or, or diversity yeah. in the tech that is built today. So tell us a little bit more about women in AI, like super short. What What is their mission? Well, for me, when I discovered it back then and sort of the reason why I wanted to bring it to, to Sweden was that it It is about empowering women to enter this field. It is about educating the women um, and uh, giving them basically the stepping stones into careers that are uh, part of this uh, um, of this world or of this space, um, both in research but also in the industry. And like doing that in multiple different ways, not only by creating community of women that connect and share and learn from each other, but also through different activities uh, like education or mentorship that uh, you, Ivana, has been driving and uh, many, many other uh, partnerships and different initiatives. So to me, it's it's always been about connecting like in a most authentic way, way um, bringing each other along the way Um And yeah, like just pushing through, like in this very male-dominated field. Yeah, and you have done an amazing job and pulling together an amazing team, and we have done so much. Um, so, Sylvia, Sylvia, what was your um, driver to join the team? Well, I think I can definitely agree with what Elena said. Um, it was a matter of connecting with people, connecting with women, finding people that were interested in AI, which of course is the main topic. And uh, we have to consider that it was uh, almost pre-pandemic. So it was like uh, this build up leading to uh, everything happening. And then it was like, you know, as we know, cut down uh, unexpectedly. And for me, it was a way as a foreigner in Sweden to find, in a sense, my own community mm. as a woman, as a foreigner, as a person interested in AI. And uh, as I said, I'm a, I'm a lawyer by trainee, so that's a little bit of an atypical background to have when we talk about AI, because everybody has more technical backgrounds. So for me, it was very difficult to kind of find my own place uh, as someone being interested in tech and uh, having like a legal background. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm very grateful for Elena bringing me on board. And I think, uh, honestly, it was just a... a a very honest and very spontaneous connection that we had. We we met each other online on uh, LinkedIn through the different uh, um, common friends and common colleagues that we had. And uh, yeah, we started talking one thing led to another and uh, Elena was very kind to invite me to be part of the team. Mm -hmm. And I think that that kindness uh, really was what uh, brought me to become part of Women in AI and uh, give my time to this uh, association and mm. try to make a change because I'm always hoping to be able to be the person that Elena was for me, for someone else, maybe yeah. a younger professional. That's someone. beautiful. Yeah, that's mm. so beautiful. And uh, how do you think that women in AI can drive change within the tech or within this space? Because one of the missions of women in AI is, is bridging the gender gap in AI. Well, should I go? Yeah, go ahead, Art. Well, I think um, it's important that women are acknowledged, but it's important for women to speak up also for mm. their difficulties and struggles and things that are sometimes hidden or too taboo or not considered appropriate to discuss. And uh, it's, this is not just about equality and diversity and those big words that are very popular and everybody use them. 
uh, I feel like the dif- the work that we're doing and the different that we're trying to to make in the world is actually about making things happen rather than just talking about them. Mm. Um, and uh, there's a lot of things that are not discussed mm. in the uh, in in every type of profession, not just about AI. Uh, AI is a specific field, very new, very male-dominated um, for different reasons. You know, technology uh, has always been felt like it was a, a male job in a sense. But there are a lot of things that are not considered. Women can be professionals and then can be mothers and then can be someone's wife or partner, sambo. And uh, they can also be their own person, having their own hobbies and their own interests in, and their own... Um, stories to tell mm. and I feel like all in all uh, at the end of the day the difference between women and AI and other uh, networks which are also doing similar jobs is that what we're trying to do is that we're trying to give a space to each own personal history mm. that's so be- I, I, I'm really like This is so beautiful. I can't believe that, you know, I'm so grateful for you for saying that. And I, I I mean, I can just add a couple of things because I completely agree. And to me, this is not, you know, this is, this has always been a space where I needed, you know, to be myself because exactly what you mentioned before. I mean, I was a sociologist, you know, with no tech background, just like seeing this, you know, a bit along the way, far beyond horizon consequences that we will face as a society, right? Mm. And to me, that was extremely difficult to come into this field and to prove that I even have this space to take there, right? Mm. So I was creating the space for myself and hoping to find other women. And then I was like, so lucky to find all of you, you know, in this crazy pandemic. Um, oh, and, we were like, and you, you were crazy enough to join me when we had the Zoom meetings. I'm like, oh, this is what I'm trying to do. Do you want to be on board? I have no idea what you're doing, and you all joined, and I'm I'm forever grateful. Um, I think the second thing for me, or how this can drive change, is really like looking one level beyond, you know, into the infrastructure or into the system that. Uh, that is behind all those things because we talk a lot about inclusion and diversity and, you know, having diverse teams and having women on board. But what I see happening quite a lot is that teams have women on board. They have, uh, you know, diverse team members, but they have no idea what to do with that. Like not only uh, leveraging the talent that they actually manage to bring on board, but also to make them thrive, to make them grow. You know, it takes a different skill set. And to me, this is this has been you know, like a, a difficult nut to crack. Like, how do we get all the way to creating this um, uh, conditions for this talent to thrive? So I think, yeah, so for me, this is how, how women and AI has been driving change and sort of, you know, will continue to drive change. And what you said, the last thing about actually being able to be yourself. Like, I think very often we forget that, yes, we all have careers. We all, you know, like strive to do our best and to... Um, build our personal brands, which is very important, I think, especially for women. But I think we, we, I don't want to forget that there is always a person, you know, behind, behind all of mm, this. Yeah. And this person can might have struggles, and this person might want to reach out to someone and share, you know, the difficult times they're going through. And I, I really wish that we we are arriving to this place where we can be 
we can do this without judgment or mm. without even feeling like, oh, will they understand me or not? Like mm. feeling free to share that. Because by sharing that, we also enabling others to normalize like, okay, I'm feeling that and it's okay to talk about it. Mm. It's funny because the listener account see us, but we are all nodding. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah, all definitely. here agreeing on yeah. the same things. And I think it's uh, it's beautiful when you find, when someone is able to find a place where one is free to be himself or herself and it's empowered by mm. others around them because of the div- diversity or the differences that this person brings to the team. So uh, in other words, I like you because you're you with your diversities, with your backgrounds, with your struggles, with your um, uh, personal baggage you. that you bring around. I mm. like all of you, I support you, I recognize you, I empower you, mm. and you are amazing in your own terms. Yeah, but that takes a, a safe space to for people to actually be themselves, to dare to be themselves. Because in, uh, in a lot of places, people maybe don't feel that safe, that they can be themselves and bring their whole selves and be vulnerable because they have to have these masks or facades because they are afraid that they are going to be judged or, or um, mistreated in some way. So so that is, I, I mean, I think that what Women in AI is, is doing is amazing, that we are creating this space, but that's also what I want to do with this podcast and the community is exactly to drive the change that, that you can be a mother and you can be 40 and you can start your startup and you can be like, Hustling, but hustling doesn't mean to like work until you burn out and like never have a vacation or never see your kids because I don't think that's sustainable. I want to build this like culture of of, uh, um, like acceptance and vulnerability that we can be more open because I think a lot of us are longing to finding Mm. those real connections and not just like the superficial connections that 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 you see usually because yeah i really want people to connect on a deeper level and to be able to to help each other and like really be there for each other and and i think like to me in this past year like you know i've been on my own personal journey but honestly this is the most important job that we have as like senior women in the space mm-hmm. uh, i mean to me it's not like well i can recommend a job or i can do this like to me it's actually building this confidence and building this core in everyone and every girl and every young woman to mm-hmm. to like be you know have the courage to go your own path with everything that comes with it you know i haven't had this confidence when i started me neither i think we're like you know trying to fit in trying to like it took me so many years you know i just turned 37 and i realized like okay what have i been doing all these years like on paper everything looks great you know Mm. like it looks like you have awards you have all this recognition you have this career that looks amazing but at some point i found myself well you know it wasn't something that was bringing me happiness and what was missing. So you start looking into this. And I think, again, like we all go through very similar journey on the way. And I think our job is to expose those journeys, you know, and everything that comes on it, like Mm. all the hurdles, all the, you know, things that went wrong and all the things that we could have done better. Um, And that's why I so appreciate you starting this space, because I 
didn't see, like I didn't, you know, find the space uh, or like where I wanted to listen more about this and have this conversation. So, yeah. And as we were talking about this before, I think this is growth. Yes. This is uh, our personal journey. And uh, you asked me before, uh, why didn't I realize this sooner? Why now and not 10 years mm. ago? And well, I don't know. But I think now it's, it was probably the right time. Uh, some people take, you know, less time. Some, tip, some people take more. Uh, I feel like it, it doesn't matter. Everybody has their own personal journey. Mm. I feel like this uh, past uh, four or five years since I started my own uh, uh, law firm, my, my motto has been like, be kind and be brave. Mm. Because y- we have to be kind to each other. We have to be kind to ourselves. And as women, I think sometimes that is really difficult for us. Yeah. And uh, being brave also means to sometimes to dare stepping out of the mold where we are supposed to fit. Mm. I come from the legal industry where mm. it's extremely strict at, and old school, unfortunately. Uh, at law firms, you're supposed to dress a certain way. Mm. You're supposed to talk a certain way. You're supposed to do a career a certain way. And if you don't work enough hours and your colleagues work more, you are not worth uh, as they are worth it, you know, mm. you you just not good enough. And um, this leads to a lot of uh, burnout. This leads to a lot of uh, self-doubts. And this leads to a lot of uh, women leaving the industry. Mm. And uh, whether they want to have a, a, a career, but they also want to have a family, they need to choose. It's either one or the other. And I think this has never been my... Uh, my idea i don't want to uh, accept this no i want to be uh, a professional i want to be a mother i want to be a partner to mm. my sambo i want to be a friend taking time to my my friends uh, for my friends but i also want to be a volunteer for people who i don't know mm. but i will know one day and i want to have the space to dedicate the time and as as you were saying ivana before also to show my vulnerabilities just because i have uh, so many people interested to uh, follow me on on social media or you know they saw that i posted uh, uh, something or wrote a certain mm. paper in this journal or attended a certain event that doesn't mean that I didn't struggle to get there. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to find a space where women can really show their vulnerabilities. But by doing that, they also prove their strength. Yeah. Yes. And they totally. can do it. But I really think that you need to take action. Like you yes. need to be the change that you want to see. And and your actions, uh, they may have, might be super scary to you. And there there is a big step. But it definitely have a ripple effect. Yes. Others will follow. Others will be inspired to take action and be more brave, yeah. like be more vulnerable and have it all. Um, so that I definitely yeah, want to encourage women to be yeah. themselves and be vulnerable and also go go for the yeah. big dreams that they have. Yeah. Because I am also I'm thir- like turning thirty eight this year. Uh, I have switched careers three times. I have a seven-year-old son, and I want to show women that you ha- don't have to choose. Like you can, you can be a partner, you can be a mother, you can be a business owner, you can be a tech hustler, you can have your passion projects on the side, uh, you can have it all. But um, yes, kudos to you. Yeah. This is awesome. That's yeah. what I want to inspire other people to do. Yes, yeah. this is just awesome. 
But thank you so much. And uh, this sounds like we need to have a longer discussion with both Definitely. of you. Thank you so much for being here to, tonight and uh, celebrating the launch of the podcast. Thank Cheers. you for having us, Ivana. Cheers to you. Rats. Congratulations. What did you think about today's episode? Let me know on LinkedIn and Instagram at TechHustler. This podcast is a passion project of mine. So if it speaks to you, it would mean a lot to me if you would give it a nice review and share it with your friends. See you next week. And until then, hustle smarter, not harder.